The following program is rated MAL. It contains strong language and is intended only for mature audiences. Green flag waving for the always exciting Sheldon Hutchill. He'll bounce the right rear off the wall with turn four. Lock one for Sheldon Hutchill. Quick time! Off turn four. Quick time! Ten, zero, three, zero. Second lap time for David. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Quick Time, the podcast. I know I'm not Brandon Anderson with his fancy voice, but you got me tonight. Tonight's going to be a little bit different type of night. What we're going to do is a designer's roundtable. Thought of this for probably a couple months ago. Been really wanting to do it. So I hooked up with a group of guys that are probably some of the best in the business. Um, so I want to introduce them. The first one is a good friend of mine. His name's Tristan Hapes from Hapes Design from Iowa. Uh, Tristan, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, um, Tristan. Um, I uh, own a small wrap shop, Hapes Design Company. Uh, majority of my business, race cars, a lot of stock cars, modifieds. Um, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> nope, nope. That's plenty. I mean, that's good information. So then yeah. next up, I got Brandon Raymer of Chops Design, brother of one of my favorite race car drivers, Freddie Raymer Jr., doing some good stuff out of Pennsylvania. Brandon, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, yeah, I own Chop Designs. Um, you know, pretty much keep it simple. or custom wrap shop. We do way too many micro sprints. We do too many sprint cars. Um but we do have a good bit of commercial stuff like fire vehicles, a bunch of different type of businesses and do Porsches down in Jersey. So to diversify as best as I can, anything that a decal can stick on, I'll <laughs> stick it. So Dang, well, that's, that's some cars you're talking about there. <laughs> um, next <laughs> up is uh, a local legend or a legend around Nebraska, Stan Caesar of Speedway Graphics uh, out, of, out of Nebraska. Stan, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I remember Freddie Raymer Sr., so I guess that makes me old. <laughs> Heck but, yeah. Uh, I go back, go back quite a ways. Uh, started back basically back in the 70s with a, with a paintbrush and uh, did a lot of race cars and stuff like that. And uh, uh, never got into the sign business full time until 86. Whoa. And by that time, some of the early computers had started to come in the deal. We do, we do. A lot more commercial work now than we probably do race cars because there's a there's a race car printer and computer and cutter on on every block it seems like and everybody's got a buddy and you know how that goes. Oh, but yeah. uh, uh, been doing it for a long time back in the back in the seventies into the into the mid uh, you know mid to nineties probably you know we do hundred cars a year and we used to ship quite a bit and you don't do that much anymore because like, like I said there's there's plenty of people out there doing it. Oh yeah, definitely. There's definitely a lot of guys who just do it out of their garage and they either make it or they sink. <laughs> so, yeah. but next up is I got a really good friend of mine that I've known since I, he was a little guy and seeing him grow through the ranks of being one of the best installers that I know of, uh, Isaiah Drought of ID installs. I say he's from Lincoln, Nebraska, but he lives in North Carolina. Isaiah, tell us a little bit about your business. 
Well, uh, yes, born and raised from Nebraska. I live uh, just north of Charlotte in North Carolina. Um, been doing this for about 10 years now. Started in the, the NASCAR series and made some good connections with some pretty big name cup drivers. And uh, yeah, I uh, do a lot of sprint car stuff, midgets, started getting my feet wet with the micros and, and anything else that uh, has four tires and goes on dirt. You know, one thing Isaiah has that we all don't have is he has a, a chili bowl golden driller under his belt for, I mean, he wrapped that race car. So that counts. That's, that's, that's his. Can't take that away. Yeah. No, I, uh, I try to, you know, I kind of keep track and I think I'm over like 210 wins from all my clients. So I've worked with some pretty successful uh, teams. Stan, Stan's going to be like, well, I, I think I can beat that one. <laughs> I can't beat that one. What? Come on, Stan. <laughs> oh, I, I haven't got any winners at the chili bowl. Whenever, uh, Whenever we're down there racing, we've been we've been struggling a little bit lately, but uh, got a new car now, and as soon as we get the bugs out of it, I think we're going to be good. Oh yeah, and then Brandon and Tristan. I know Tristan raced a micro, kind of around oh. here. He could never get the yeah. battery to run for some reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and then Brandon, he races the big boy four ten class. I mean, he's he's right there. I mean, out of the out of all of us, he probably has more wins than any of us <laughs> nah, not yet <laughs> hey you just need one and that pretty much beats us in a 410 <laughs> yeah, yeah i get a couple then <laughs> so um before we get into our topics um you know how much have you guys seen from when you've started um the just the change overall in where you've started to where it is now in graphic design i, I just kind of curious anybody can chime in who wants to go first <laughs> Well, obviously, when when I first started, it was it was still hand letter and stuff, and uh, that happened for quite a number of years. And then the first uh, first cutters and plotters, the old the old Gerber four Bs, started into the the cut vinyl, and it's it's evolved now into the digitally printing. And gosh, the sky's the limit what you can do now anymore. Pretty much. I mean, you got a printer; it, you can do whatever you need to do and get it done. Um, uh, Brandon, I know you, I, when I see a lot of the race cars you do, you do a lot of cut vinyl as opposed to wraps, right? Or is it a little bit of both? Uh, it's a little bit of both. I mean, everybody that I deal with and stuff wants custom stuff besides just fluorescent, um, the gold leaf, silver leaf, um, a lot of metallics and stuff guys want to do just cause like when I deal with like hyper, um, and they, have a bunch of custom builds. So if somebody wants to match their frame, if they want to match a certain powder coat, it's all like, it isn't just one thing everybody likes. You got to kind of pertain to the masses, but um, yeah, it's more, I started with cut vinyl and used to layer everything and it took way too long. Now, if I think about doing it like I do now, it's the amount of time I freaking wasted, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's definitely not just print. Time, that's for sure. Anything, yeah. anything you say custom is usually time, lots of time. Oh yeah, uh, a lot more time than you want to spend. <laughs> and then uh, Tristan, he went out. He yeah. worked for a, he worked for where I work at. Um, started his own business. Tristan, what's it like starting? You know, from from the ground up. How's that been going? Yeah, I mean it's it's going good. Um, yeah, you know, I I started working with you, um, hey. and then moved away, moved to Iowa. I missed it. I really missed it. So I bought a cutter. Did cut vinyl, 
then figured, hey, might as well get a printer and start doing that. So mainly I, I do wraps now. Um, not a whole lot of cut, cut vinyl. Um, except for like fluorescent overlays, I do a lot of those. So yeah, those seem to be the uh, thing. Like it's not just wraps, it's yeah. fluorescent overlay wraps, which yes. can, can be hard on a, a, a graphic design process. It's, I think. it's yeah. And you got to learn how to design it and everything just to make it easy on you, you know? And yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's, that's what you learn. I mean, you can make yeah. it hard on yourself pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but then but. Isaiah, how's it? So we had Kevin Swindell on last night and he was talking about his, is it oil can or something like that? Did you wrap yeah. that? Yes, I did. Um, it's, and it, I mean, obviously it's really, it wasn't hard to wrap like, cause you know, a, a oversized tube to better lack of words. Um, yeah. I think the one thing that we, he wanted to make sure, um, like most of these guys I work for, they're really particular about how their car looks and, you know, it's okay. Like, how is it going to be pointing outward? So like, so we had to make sure that he had it pointed in the right direction. So I had to mark it, you know, so when he bolted it back on the, his logo wasn't facing towards the left front or the left rear. So it, uh, it turned out good. Um, it was funny after I did it, I talked to my dad and I was like, I don't even know if this is going to hold up. I mean, I'm pretty sure the oil tanks get pretty hot. But um, after listening to the episode uh, today, uh, all went well. So it sounded like it stayed on. He was he was just as worried as you were, I think. Um, Yeah. But that's what that's again what Brandon said. Everyone wants something custom. Why not do another custom oil? I know I'm going to say it wrong. Oil pan or oil oil tank. Oil tank. tank. There you go. I thought he was talking about the tank where the gas goes or the fuel, and I'm like, and then he went there. I was like, I wrapped a lot of tanks for him too. So. Yeah, tanks, I'm sure all of us can agree, doing a tank on a sprint car or a midget or a micro, not easy. <laughs> Everybody thinks it's, oh, I just wrapped my tank blue. You can try it. It's not very easy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we are going to talk about topics and kind of go over anything. So uh, we are going to hit a break, however, pay some bills for this podcast. So we'll be back in a minute. Dirt Empire Magazine is the ultimate dirt track racing only magazine in the world, featuring interviews, opinions, event photos, tech, and 100% racing action. Each issue includes late models, modified sprint cars, and more. Big event photos from the best photographers in the sport, and great one-on-one interviews with the top drivers as well as grassroots racers. Pick up a copy of Dirt Empire Magazine today at select tractor supply stores or other area retailers, or get your subscription today at DirtEmpireMagazine.com. Hey guys, Dan Taylor with Tailored Computers and Repair. This time I'm talking laptop screen replacement. We've all made the mistake of dropping our laptop. Maybe one of our animals stepped on it. Maybe we set something heavy on top of it and we just didn't realize it was too heavy. And you go to turn that laptop screen on, there's a giant crack across it. That doesn't mean your laptop is completely worthless. In just a couple of days of turnaround, I can easily get your laptop screen replaced. And usually it's for a pretty reasonable price. Don't think your laptop is completely wasted just because you have a broken screen on it. Give me a call today, 402-659-5641, or shoot me an email, tailoredcomputersandrepair at gmail.com. I'd be glad to give you an estimate on how much it's going to cost to replace your laptop screen. At Charter West Bank Mortgage Center, we know that it's more important now than ever to find a smart mortgage that fits your needs. We're locally owned. 
and Charter West Bank Mortgage Center is a leader in Nebraska mortgage lending for first-time home buyers and all types of loans. Our local mortgage team at Charter West is here to help. Give us a call. Charter West Bank Mortgage Center. Nebraska-born, Nebraska-owned, Nebraska values. Charter West Bank, the power of the eagle. Equal housing lender. So we are back from the break. Um, so we'll start off the top. My first question is, what is, what is the process when a team or driver comes to you to design their race car? Let's start with Stan. Well, you know, you try to get some, some idea from them, what direction, what they like, what they don't like, and, uh, you know, kind of get some kind of parameters to work with just a little bit, what colors, how many overlays is there going to be a lot of fluorescent, uh, uh, how the thing is going to lay out, how many sponsors there are, where you're going to put them and uh, how much, how much graphics basically, or if it's going to be a full wrap or a partial wrap, I'm, I'm big into partial wraps now later, later in the career, you know, it's trying to make things a little bit easier than, than uh, a whole lot of square footage of, of wrapping a lot of curves and everything like on a, on a sprint car and stuff like that. Oh yeah, but, Def- uh, definitely partial wraps. You can kind of make it a little bit easier on yourself as a designer. That's for sure. Well, you know, he was talking about doing layer and vinyl, and gosh, we did that for years and everything. Now you can do you can do a five color number with one print and lay a fluorescent or a holographic or some type of an overlay on it, and boom, you got something with all those colors where you used to have to be cutting every one of those colors and assembling the whole thing. I mean, what you can do now, it's it's you can you can really do a lot with what's available. Yeah, Brandon. How would Brandon? How would you answer that question? I'm I'm the same way. I mean, really, kind of seeing where the customer wants to go with the car, um, just like with any different colors and stuff like that. But some people like simple. Other people want complex. Um, you know, depending on you know what they're looking for is kind of what I go off of. But everything's different. I just. I always tell them just to email me and give me a rundown of stuff that they like, what they want to do for the cars, um, all the logos and everything. Just fill me in there, and that way I have something to reference. And then, like I said, I start designing and see if they like what I'm dishing out and then go from there. You know, how much for for everybody? I mean, this is kind of getting off topic of that question, but how much for, you know, Brandon, for example, you say you, you talk to the person, Stan says the same thing, but how much is it to where, like, you want to see the car first to kind of see where things fit? Does that help too? You know, it's it's like what sponsors, what the major sponsors are, where they're going to go, you know, and uh, kind of come up with a plan. Like like you said, then you start, start working on some proofs and see if you're going in the right direction you know but uh uh it it goes it varies some people want really elaborate some people want pretty basic but uh gosh where digitally printing really comes in handy is on the wings so when you can do a whole wing side all those colors and definitely and and sponsors and everything like that doing and put them on in one panel like that it sure uh, sure saves a lot of time too piggybacking on that would you say like for you when you do a lot of the micros or the sprint cars they have different chassis. So I know when, when I have to work with like a pace compared to a driven chassis, boy, those panels, they change real fast. Yeah. And to be honest, I mean, like for me, I know the size of sprint cars. I know the size of micros. It's just, 
Like I would love to have like a D1 style body for a hyper car. Mostly hypers are a lot of curves, a lot of different, you know, hard curves that are hard to wrap around. You don't want, you got to have a little bit better vinyl than most, but yeah, I mean, it's just, like I said, I, got, I, I do so many, it's, you know, I'll start doing them. I can bust out three, four designs a day. I can, I know what I'm looking at. So it's just, like I said, it's kind of second nature <laughs> for me to, you know, since I do like 60 of them a year is what it feels like, but yeah. So, yeah, so Tristan going to you, um, yep. same question. I mean, really, is it yeah. any different than what it was, you know, have you changed your style from when you worked with us? Um, no, not really. Um, I mean, about the same thing as everyone else, you know, get the customer's idea, which way they want to go, colors, their number. Um, and then, you know, measurements and a template that way, because, you know, these modifieds and sock cars, they change just a little bit. They're, uh, you know, panels and sizes. So I'm sure that makes it. I mean, in, in a, a stock car modified late model, isn't typically one side taller than the other, and, and people are like, it's yeah. just the same size on both sides. Like, no, no, it's not. It, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the right side usually a little uh, shorter and stuff. But So then, Isaiah, same kind of question for you. I know you don't design race cars, but how much do you use what a client brings to you as far as you kind of mentally get yourself ready for how this stuff's going to lay out on the car? Yeah, that's one thing that's um, sometimes kind of tricky for me because unlike you guys, you guys get to – you know, see the whole process through with setting it up, printing it, installing it, where for me, you know, I'm not a part of that process. So it's, Hey, asking the customer, like, what's the, what's the car look like? And, um, like for an example, uh, I was doing, I just finished up Alex Bowman sprint cars this week and he's kind of switched up his, uh, body style a little bit with running a different chassis, chassis and, but it's, it's like, okay, like trying to take a picture that you see on flat art and trying to recreate it when the, the flat art is different shapes and sizes compared to what it is in real life, real life. And it makes it a little challenging. So you, you definitely kind of have to propose what you think will look the best. And if they're okay with that, then you can roll with it. If not, you know, try to come up with something else that they're going to be happy with. You know, for you, it's probably like getting a puzzle and say, hey, put this puzzle together that you've never seen. I'm sure that's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's it's tough sometimes. But, you know, I've been blessed to work with some really good people and they understand. And I think one thing is, too, is then they don't have to worry about doing it themselves. So kind of take the burden off of them a little bit. And, um, yeah, it works out well. I know it makes it easier for me when I send it to, like, Mark Birch and doing your uncle's car. And I'm just like, here you go. And they're like, all right, Isaiah's putting it on. I'm like. Perfect. Yeah. That works for me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So then the next question I got, which designs seem to be the most popular with your clients? We'll switch it up and we'll go Brandon for this one. I mean, it's kind of, like I said, everybody I deal with has got a little bit different taste, but um, I mean, what do I say? Do I say pointy stripes? Do I, <laughs> you know, like, do I say explaining this stuff, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like for me, simple and clean, with everything being legible is kind of like what I look for with customers. And like, I wouldn't like, 
cluttered up. Like if I was doing a late model or modified, things look really good, really busy. Um, the more stripes that you got inlaid inside the body, inside, outside look great. But for sprint cars, if you can't read it on the track, it's not doing any good with customers and their businesses. Um, I even, like I said, even just with like doing overlays and stuff with like fluorescent, it just another option to, for businesses to see their logo and stand out on the track. But, you know, simple, simple and clean is probably the best example that I could say for what I try to do with customers. And some people tell me to go crazy and I'll have stripes everywhere on the car. Other people want just basic and clean and simple so they can go racing and tear the thing up anyway. So, oh, yeah, you know, know, eventually it's not going to be in one piece at one time of of its career. (laughs) So, Tristan, how about you? What what uh, how would you answer that question? What what kind of designs your customers like the most? I don't know. They always tell me they want something wild and crazy also, you know, bright colors. That's kind of what the stock cars and stuff have. They just kind of, you know, the colors is just so many and so many lines and stuff. But I mean, if if it was me, I, I like it more simple and clean. And sometimes they like that too. But, you know, like if I'm doing a sprint car, you know, something that'll look good on a stock car, something crazy and wild, it's not going to look good on there. So nope. got to go a little more simple on sprint cars and stuff and, you know, but. I remember me and you working together and the hardest thing for me was always doing modifies and late models because like you just said, and you got Rand to said, yeah, you got to change your whole philosophy. Yeah. Of, I want it to be simple and easy to see. And, and no, yeah. it's like put 5,000 stripes on it and it'll look great. <laughs> and it's like, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the trends have changed quite a bit through the years. You know, it used to be a lot of curves and scallops and, and multicolored stuff and that. <laughs> Now it's got a little more geometric, mm-hmm. more straight yeah. line designs, and which which kind of makes it pretty neat. You know, you can you can put some put some panels on it and stuff like that, and do some some uh, monochromatic striping and stuff like that, and uh, it, it it really works out pretty good. And and I'm what I echo everything everybody said about keeping it clean mm-hmm. and contrasting and not not stacking lettering on top of multicolored stripes because <clears throat> you're not doing anybody any favors, even though you think it looks great and you get customers who want, and they want skulls in the background or they want this <laughs> oh, or they yeah. want that. And okay, fine. You know, and you try to find some clip art or find <laughs> yeah. some, something that you can, you can work with on, on that kind of a deal. But uh, I'm uh, I trend toward old school, probably a little bit too much, but uh, choice of type styles and choice of colors, especially if, if you do have some graphics. If you look at the big guys, you know, the late models, whether it's late models or modifieds or, or even sprint cars, sprint cars, not quite so much because of the corporate sponsorship involved. Right. But uh, the graphics on late models, they've gotten very simple. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's through the middle. It's down at the bottom. It's et cetera, et cetera. And, and the main sponsors are big and huge and easy to read. And all the contingency stuff is printed monochromatically on some colors. And, and uh, you know, that's what the big guys are going. And hopefully the local guys, they usually trend after what the big guys have done or, or, or are doing, you know. So they're going to follow suit. And some of the designs are going to be a little bit simpler. Yeah, and definitely, Stan, you hit on a good point. I mean, back when I first started a long time ago, it feels like 20, 20 plus years ago, you were one of the guys that you – pretty much own the scene when it came to late models and modifieds in Nebraska. And, and I felt like me and Nate kind of did the sprint cars and it, the hardest thing is I could look at your cars and I could recognize, say that stands car. I can definitely tell. And, and it's definitely 
I've seen your designs kind of change and kind of go with more of what is going on now. So same type of the question is how much have you had to evolve from, you know, from being your cars were usually pretty busy, which is what it, what people always wanted back then. And they wanted checkers and they want people don't even want checkers anymore. I mean, it's crazy. Like I, you could throw those away. I mean, but how much has that changed since you've seen it? Oh, it's, it's huge, you know? And, and, uh, like I said, use of multiple colors and stuff like that, trying to figure out things that go go good together besides fluorescence. We use a lot of wrapping film because there's really nice candy colors and, and colors that you can't get in regular vinyl, you know, to use for overlays and stuff like that, like pearlescent whites and, and candy blues, which really look good on a car like that. But you can't buy the vinyl, but it's available in wrapping film. So, you know, I, I don't know. There There is... The thing about it is that there is no right and there is no wrong. That's you know? very true. And it's beauty. Beauty is the in the eyes of the beholder. Uh, sometimes I see type styles that I think are hideous. Sometimes I think, man, that that's really a good looking type style. And you're you don't you don't copy things, but you you're influenced by things when you see. That's it. very true. So Isaiah, kind of hit to, hit to your point, not to your point, but kind of your perspective, because you get to see these when they come to you as a finished product. So how much can you tell, like, hey, this is so-and-so's design, this is another person's design. How can you tell the difference? Like, you've seen what I do, so I'm sure you kind of know, you know, hey, Josh designed this, or Nate designed this, or, you know, Blackbeard designed this. How how Can you tell a difference when you see a car come in? Yeah, uh, I mean, you kind of hit it. Uh, a lot of my clients use Blackbeard. Um, obviously, he's gotten pretty well-known with the whole sprint car midget side of it, and He's got his style, um, you know, obviously like for the midgets, you plaster the sponsor as big as you can on the right side. And, you know, then sometimes you, you know, then obviously flow whatever graphics or layout you want on it. But then it's almost like it, it gets tricky because then you look at the left side and obviously, you know, they have the motor in the way. So it's like trying to make it proportional, make it look right. Um, so that's been um, I don't know if I would say it's been a challenge, but sometimes it's just trying to, when I go to install it, just keep the flow the same. So even though you can't see the left side and the right side of the car at the same time, but if you have someone like one of us look at it and be like, I see what they did there. You know, they, they kept it symmetrical. They kept it proportional, what have you. But, um, a lot of, uh, I mean, a lot of guys on the sprint car side keep their stuff clean, like you guys have been saying. Um, I haven't really done anything super crazy. Well, I take that back. Actually, uh, I wrapped a sprint car the other week for a guy from um, the UK, and he comes over for like a month or so, and he's he run down in Florida last week. And I mean, he had um, orange gold, fluorescent orange overlays. So, I mean, it was layers a whole on lot of layer. colors right there yes and i mean it was i mean i feel bad for him because obviously paying for what he did in just material alone was insane but yeah like you guys were saying then it just makes a lot a lot of work i mean it's it's nice when you can get a sideboard wrap and everything's built in and you, you you know find your happy medium with where you want to put it and you know peel and stick yeah, that, that definitely doing more layers that your bill adds up real fast and trying to explain that to customers is not easy because 
they think that it, you know it's just adding another color. That's all you're doing. Well, like Stan had hit way in the beginning of our conversation is with printing, you can do as many colors as you want, but the moment you get those specialty colors, that's when it starts going up a little faster. Um, so then we'll move on to the next question. Uh, this one will be for Tristan can start this. Uh, are more people moving away from die cut vinyl to wraps? Cause you even said, and you said before that you're doing a lot more wraps than you did die cut. Oh yeah, for sure. That That's what I see. Yeah. And, and then even if they don't want to wrap, I'll end up like, you know, printing numbers and sponsors to just stick on. Also, it's easier that way than layering and everything. And, but yeah, I feel like more people are after wraps than die cut or any of that. So, yeah, I mean, a printer, it seems like if you have a printer nowadays, you can pretty much do any car you want because I mean, that's what people are moving towards. It's almost a little bit cheaper of an option as far as what it would cost you for, let's say, four to six colors on a car. Right. Um, yeah. You know, and I know back when we were working together, it was, it had kind of just started. It wasn't really what it is now. But yeah, I mean, I definitely, I see you do a little more wraps than, than die cut than like you used to. Right. Yeah. More so wraps. But, uh, but here, here this year, I've had a few people, you know, just with the way the economy is right now and prices, you know, they, they, can't afford wraps. Right. Um, so they're going to go, you know, die cut decals numbers. Um, so yeah, I've, I've seen that just a little bit. Well, there's, de- there's definitely ways with die cut. you can bring out colors of the car that's already there that they're yeah. not paying for? And, and that's, I think that's what people enjoy to see that mm-hmm. you're making their dollars stretch a little bit farther. Um, yep. Brandon, Brandon, how would you answer that question as far as moving from die cut to wraps? Are you seeing it? more switching wraps or more staying with die cuts? Yeah. I mean, I'd say about 90% of the stuff I do is just wraps, but, um, there's certain colors, um, that like I did a couple cars not too long ago. Um, and it was in the Oak show near me, but I, I don't know if you ever heard of yak graphics with like TSR and everything, Mm -hmm. but like when he used to do my dad's cars, he would overlay everything but he would do like fine pinstriping and he would do it for the numbers. He would do it for the stripes. And when the cars were done and we like clear coated everything, everything looked hand painted. So I, yeah, like it looked like his stuff. Like I always love looking at his work. It's always clean and simple, but I did a couple cars like that because there was like a real nice luminous red that I wanted with a, a gray um, that looked like kind of like a primer gray and I pinstriped it with that and the car looked awesome. And like wraps, like if you ever wrap a wing sideboard in certain light, it kind of gets lost. Like it'll reflect the light and just kind of like be gone. But like if it's contour cut or die cut decals, all the colors stand out a little bit better than just regular print. And the colors now with printers, like I have a VG three and a VG two with an orange ink cartridge and my reds and oranges are great. But there's just something to like die cut that some customers like to say, man, this car looks awesome outside just from the colors, not necessarily just the overall design. But for me, like I said, it's mostly wraps, but I dabble back and forth depending on what customers are looking for. Die die cut seems to, you know, if you're doing like a, like a group crew names, Mm -hmm. you know, right. If you're digitally printing something, then you have to laminate, then you have to go back and contour cut around everything. It's just as easy to do the small stuff 
and the the busy work with die cut, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, on all the major stuff that's multicolor, obviously, yeah, yeah. partial wrap, digitally printed stuff, you know. Yeah, and you bring up a good point, uh, Brandon, with the at graphics. It's always something more that a designer can bring to the table when he does something that's custom like that that you only see with that that designer. Um, we have a, a dealership here in town. Uh, it's Ford dealership, and you know it's their Fords because they all have the pin striping. And I, I found that interesting. I didn't know that until they brought a truck in or someone brought a truck in, and and Brandon was telling me he's like, "Hey, that's from this place." And I'm like, "How do you know that?" He goes, "Because they're the only ones that still do pinstriping, and they literally do the same pinstripe on every vehicle." Yeah. So to me, there's a way you can bring your own person personality to a race car by doing that, and I mean that's always neat to see. Um, Stan, how would you do? You see it the same way? Do you see more vinyl? switching over to wraps and where you're at? Oh, most certain, most certainly digitally printed, uh, for almost all the sponsors and, and, and stuff like that. It definitely makes it quicker, easier, you know, and, and when, when the dust settles, it, it's still, it's still about the design and it's still about the choice of type styles and the choice of colors and, and stuff like that. And that takes me back to in the old days when the guy had his little, little chalk stick and he, and he drew some, deals and picked up his brush he had to know what those fonts looked like and he had to had to have the layout up in his head before you know it wasn't all done on the computer you know oh yeah and he was uh tristan was touching on something about the cost and the economy what amazes me is the guys with like like uh sport compacts Mm -hmm. and hobby stocks and everything that are spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars of doing full wraps on the car you know with many multicolors and a lot of overlays and everything like that. And it just, I, I shake my head sometimes, you know? Yeah. Cause really their wrap probably hypothetically could be more than their race car costs. Yeah. Really? I mean, oh, by the yeah. time you get all those colors yeah. added in. Um, yeah, but yeah, so, so, um, to kind of bring it back, uh, it sounds like we all agree that wraps are kind of becoming the thing that people are going to, um, and I will agree with what Tristan said and what we've all kind of said, the economy does play a factor in it because, you know, during COVID, I don't know if you guys had the same issues, but we were having issues just getting vinyl in or getting certain oh, yeah. colors. Oh, yeah. I mean, I literally with one client I have, I couldn't even get burgundy in to do their logo. So we had to find a burgundy that was close with some other place. Do you guys ever have that? Did you ever have any of that issues kind of coming out of COVID? Oh yeah. Most of they, last summer, it was virtually impossible to get fluorescent colors. Yeah. Yeah. That's I think it true. took, I think it took me nine months to get some fluorescent pink, Jeez. you know, like uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Call, just call Brandon. He always, I see fluorescent, all the fluorescent colors yeah. at his shop. <laughs> yeah. I do order it a bit. Always 50 yard rolls. <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so and I order, always order plenty of extra on the colors we use on our car. Yeah, and we definitely, like, we started loading up more, having more backup. We used to only have one, and now we, we usually try to carry a couple rolls just to safeguard ourselves on most, yeah, yeah. just from that experience. I said you're eventually going to use it. Yeah, you'll eventually, I mean, you yeah. can't load up with too much wrap material because you're going to use it. It's not like it expires yeah. or anything like milk or anything. Yeah. So, uh, I would, I don't know about you, Isaiah, but do you see yeah. more wraps than you see die cuts? So I would say one of the things that I noticed when I first started kind of just getting my feet wet in the the dirt side of things, obviously like die cut cheaper, you know, but then it it turned into a deal where 
um, a lot of the guys started wrapping their car, full wrapping their cars just to protect their carbon fiber bodies. Yeah, that's true. Um, I know that like, you know, it might add a little bit more money in my pocket by going back and doing some patchwork or fixing some lower panels from how abrasive some of these tracks, some of these tracks are, but a lot of guys are, you know, at least on the body side of it, not really much the wings, but, um, on the bodies, just trying to cover up as much material as they can just to protect it, to make it last all year. You know, and that's part of the reason why I get companies, I don't know about you guys, but I'll get, you know, lawn companies or construction companies that they actually want to wrap their vehicles to protect the paint, to protect it from rocks and stuff like that. How often do you guys see that in your business? Anybody want to go in and start? You can't. I always, I always kind of try to discourage them from doing full wraps, you know, because <laughs> there's, it's not there's as easy. so much, I mean, they're so labor intensive. If you're doing them right and you're taking the headlights and taillights and door handles and everything off to do it right. And depending on, you know, if you, if you got perfectly good, good red paint or white paint or whatever the truck is, you know, you can, you can do, you know, when, and, and you use the term a lot wrap, but a lot of it isn't necessarily wrapped. It's just digitally printed. Yeah. You know, you can put, you, you know, we do one particular company, we've done 20 trucks for them and it's huge interior and exterior graphics from the, from wheel well to wheel well sides of box and everything like that. But the basic color of the truck is, is basically the color the truck was not necessarily wrapping the whole thing, you know, okay, so, makes it a little more affordable. So let's get back on to the topics. Uh, Stan, we'll start with you then. What percentage of your customers apply their own vinyl? It, it used to be, it used to be quite a bit more, but lately, lately now, you know, everybody's a little intimidated by, especially if it's, if it's full wraps, you know, I mean, guys can, guys can, you know, they can fix up a, a, the, the full bodied cars. Like it's a modified, you know, you do doors and quarters. It's pretty simple just to do doors and quarters or something like that. When you start doing the sail panels and the sides of the hood and the nose panel and all that stuff, it gets a little tougher. And usually depending on what people charge, you know, no, a lot of people install stuff for way too cheap as far as I'm I'm concerned. Oh, yeah. But uh, it is what it is. I, like I said, I, depending on depending on what we're selling to them and, and, and how hard they think it is going to be put on, it really isn't that tough if you've done one or two to do like a like a full side of like a of a late model type car or a modified because it's pretty slab sided and not not too hard. But you get onto the curvature body type things it might be a little bit harder. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's interesting in, in my business that how many people are willing to try it now just because of the fact that a, they want it done as sooner than when we can get it put on. So, uh, Brandon, how would you answer that question as far as does your customers apply them, the decals themselves, or do you do a lot more of the installs yourself? Uh, I mean, I think with me, like I do send a couple jobs out. Like I got guys that run micros and stuff, whether it's Texas, um, Indiana, Colorado, uh, North Carolina. So they will, you know, I'll go down at, or they'll install it themselves. But 
I think mostly like I travel a lot. Like if I got, like I'll schedule it out to go do two, two micros a day. If I go out to hyper, then I'll hit somebody that's close nearby. Um, but they might screw up the way it lays out. Then they ruin the car design and everything for how it flows. Um, so it's, it's really give and take. If I know they're going to install it, sometimes I'll dummy down the design, but you know, most of the cars besides hypers are kind of pretty simplistic, at least for micros, even sprint cars, minus like the lower radius rod panels. If you run flat, lower radius rod panels, most of the panels are just sharp with, you know, points. It's not right. mostly curves, but it, it all depends, but I'd say about 10, 15% of my stuff is, you know, self, uh, installed. So, well, and, and also I know, now I know we all had this problem back in the day when they had the bubble on the arm guard. That was always fun to explain to a customer how to wrap that piece. The bubble on the arm guard and the hood scoops on the hoods. That's yeah. gotta be the worst yeah. thing ever. Designed. Used to dread that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, um, Tristan, how would you say, uh, would you say your customers apply their stuff more or do um, do Yeah, I do most of it. Um, especially if they're full wraps, almost always doing it. Um, I have a few, a few guys who will put die cut stuff on themselves, but unless I'm shipping it out or something, really, I'm the one installing all of it. And I like it that way too. Um, if my name's going to be on it, right. Then I want it to look nice. And, uh, Wrinkle free. Um, <laughs> that makes know, it look guy, a little better. <laughs> you, you know how the, the crowds show up when you show up to wrap a race car. Oh yeah. You know, people will be like, ah, it's just a race car. Just wrap it. And yeah. So I, yeah, until no, you're I'm, done I'm and they're wrinkles. like, wait, what does this look like? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to have wrinkles in my work though. So, you know, <laughs> I, I prefer to do it and I enjoy it too. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's the one thing I will admit. So all, all of us talking here is I actually, am no longer wrapping race cars. Like personally, I don't do any, any more of the installs ah. mainly because I wanted to focus more on designing, but it's, it's labor intensive. I mean, my brother, he can wrap a race car in like three hours, four hours. Like it's nothing. And I used to be like, shoot, it took me all day to do this. And you know, and he's like, it took you forever. And I'm like, well, it is what it is. <laughs> Some yeah. people are good at, you know, like Isaiah, I'm sure he'll, he could wrap this sprint car, or his dad's sprint car in like, four hours and I'd be like, it'll be done tomorrow sometime. <laughs> but, uh, so back to the question, um, Isaiah, I would say, does your, does your customers apply it yourself? But I think you probably apply all the stuff yourself. Is there any other time you, is there any other time where you actually help, help anybody? Like, do you help a person understand how to do it in, in where you're at? Um, well, it's funny. I don't, I think Brandon might run your guys' Twitter account. Oh yeah, that's Brandon. Um, I have he, he, there's a, a picture of Casey Kane installing the the loose graphics on the sideboard, and he asked me if Casey was taking my job. Um, one thing that we kind of have a good understanding at KKR is uh, Eric DeCrucci for Brad usually does the top wings. Mm-hmm. Um, this year was actually the first year I, in the last five years now that I do the nose wings for them, but I usually do the bodies and the tanks. Um, obviously, you know, they Casey has their own, uh, you know, their own body style. Uh, so I get to do all the fun curve stuff. And then, um, last year was the first year I actually did all like all of the nines cars stuff, but, um, 
it just it just gives the by me doing their wraps or for anybody it just gives them the drivers the crew chiefs more time to focus on building the car mm-hmm. yep. worrying about trying to get ready for the next week or, or what have you and um from what i hear and talking with casey like he enjoys doing that and so obviously i didn't want to take it away from him and you know in the long long run it probably saved him a little bit of money too so you know most racers uh, i don't know about you guys but like billy alley when we used to do his stuff he, he liked doing his own stuff. I mean, as long as you kind of gave him pointers, kind of what to do, how to do it. Um, he was pre-wraps, so he did more of the die-cut stuff. It was a little easier to install and understand how it works. Um, so moving on to our next question, this will be for Isaiah because I think this is a good one. Do you Does it seem like you there's such a thing as regional styles of designs? Like is there different regions have a different kind of layout and how they like things? Um. Well, it's it's kind of interesting because with doing Chad Boats, Midgets, and Micros, obviously, you know, he has his taste and his style. Obviously, he sometimes uses Blackbeard as a designer. He had someone else do some of his stuff uh, last year. But it's just kind of interesting to compare his cars to um, to Keith Coons or to, to Dave Mack and their group and just to kind of see the differences. Um but Chad kind of likes the the little bit of points in his design. Um, but then, you know, everything else is like you guys were kind of touching on earlier. It's kind of like based on what their corporate sponsor wants. Yeah. Like, for example, like Ally is really big with their stripes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the in like the Napa car with Brad Sweet, you know, it's it's how can you get their the Napa logo to flow well with a design and yep. um, their t-shirt, the artists, designers, they've done a pretty good job the last couple of years of making it proportional on both sides and, and symmetrical. And, and so I think everybody kind of has their own taste, at least down here. Um, Cause I haven't really seen like even Swindell stuff. Dylan does a good job of, thinking outside the box and, and not really copying what everybody else is doing. So it's kind of get a little bit of a different taste with, with everybody down in, in this area. Now, how would you say Tristan uh, moving to Iowa? I don't know if it's any different there than it is in Nebraska, but would you say that it's kind of changed kind of your region of how you look at things that you did here? Mm, not really. Uh, just more like, you know, it's like less flames, Remember how we used to just do flames and stuff like that? Yeah, Checkers. I mean, flames. Let's put yeah, flame it's, uh, you know, it's, um, I don't see much difference. It's, uh, like regionally, right? When I'm paying attention or looking, but, uh, yeah. Not, not a whole lot of difference. How about you, nah. Stan? How would you answer the question of regional style? I know me and you are, me, you, and Tristan are kind of in the same region, so we see yeah. a lot of the similar things. You know, it, it it depends on the cars themselves. The sprint car design is is has really kind of changed quite a bit in the last couple of years. Like I said, a little more geometric mm-hmm. it, rather than curves right. in the graphic part of it. But uh, uh, I think it's just the style of, of what's what everybody's doing. If somebody sees a car that Black Bear did, ooh, they like that, and then we want to do true. something like that. You know. And, and gosh, the, the, you know, 
Brandon, the Pennsylvania cars always look good. Oh yeah, they always look sharp. <laughs> you hardly you hardly ever see a bad bad car coming out of that place. So Brandon, do you say? <laughs> would you say, Brandon, your region in Pennsylvania? Do you feel like you have a different style than than let's say us in the Midwest or out in California? Uh, I mean, I'll, I, the only thing I can say is like, besides like the corporate stuff is obviously it needs to be simpler and cleaner and you can kind of just, like you said, with ally, like what Isaiah was saying, like, that's a little different. Like you can use some different colors and everything versus what everybody else is doing. But I mean, for me, like I kind of look at everybody's stuff. Like I hate people when they say I can identify your car because I know what yours looks like. Like I look at stuff like it don't matter if it's Blackbeard. Like there's a guy, I think it's JS designs. Uh, I really like the way his stuff looks. Um, then AFD graphics out there. Uh, like I said, yak, Mm -hmm. I just like, if I see something, I'll pick up on it, see if maybe I can incorporate it into the next wrap. But you know, for me, like a lot of people around here, you can kind of do whatever, like, a lot of guys with micros, they're going to run that micro for two years, you know, so they want something top of the line. They ain't just like a sprint car guy who's got three or four cars and he needs them all lettered right now. Then he's going to switch it up next year. So he doesn't want to spend a lot of money. Um, so there's a, a lot of factors that go into it. Um, I try to get people to, Hey, let's think outside the box. I'll throw some different colors at them and they'll be like, either red, white, and blue, they'll be blue and orange. And it's like, man, come on, like do something different for (laughs) me, please. But yeah, yeah. But like I said, you got to make the customer happy. Like I have, uh, some people who, you know, you guys said about checkerboard being dead. I did a car with checkerboard two nights ago, you know? So like (laughs) he's bringing all shit, like whether it's flames or whatever, I do stuff for a kid out here who loves flames and he loves skulls. So, um, you know, it's always changing up. I like being somebody that can, you know, give somebody what they want with being a little different ideas, but whatever, you know, different designs, different concepts, everybody's got their own different thing. And, you know, that's what makes it interesting. Yeah. And definitely out in Pennsylvania, I see a lot more of the gold leaf getting used around here. There's only a couple guys that really use it. I know like your, your brother's car or the 51 car, it's got the gold leaf still on it and, and bringing that back kind of like the 77 car was back in the day. It kind of got that same vibe to it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually looking at it right now. So <laughs> that's not fair. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like that was like my dad's old school and he likes, like, I'm honestly surprised he let me change up the car this year, but um, it's just a classy look, you know, like num- gold leaf numbers to me look really good up close right. and it's hard to, you know, like the TMC car that Sammy Swindell drove, his numbers always looked really good. It was simple and clean, but you know, it's the car could look good in the, when you're in the pits, but on the track, you might not be able to read it, but Freddie's car this year, you should be able to see. So it should be nice. You know, and that's the downside to holographic ish colors is people try to explain to him that once it gets under the lights or at nighttime, you don't get the same effect as it racing during the day. Well, isn't about 70% of your races at night. So you're not getting what you want out of this race car, but it looks cool when you're a picture standing in the pits before the races and stuff. Um, so then that, what you guys said is perfect right there. So leading into our last uh, topic, uh, I kind of wanted to answer this to start it because, you know, I got my inspiration for this, this podcast we're doing tonight is, is I was interviewed back by flat out magazine, probably back in 2004, 2005. And they asked me this question, uh, 
what what general advice do you have for racers about designing their race cars? My answer to that question, because he only used whichever ones he felt had the best answer, and he loved my answer because I said, when I work with a client, I want I first thing I tell him is be original, be yourself. Don't don't come to me with hey, I saw Brandon Raymer's car he designed in Pennsylvania. I want it to look just like that, and I would always tell him like more people are going to recognize who you are by your car. And if your car looks different than everybody else, then that's what, that's the goal. That's your end goal. How would you feel, you know, Stan, how would you feel about that? Do you feel the same way? Oh, most, most certainly. And, and, you know, uh, who, who doesn't forget when you guys did the sprint cars, that had every fluorescent and color that they make on the same car. Yeah, that'd be Trey Grop. <laughs> on all Grop's cars and everything like that. And you couldn't miss it on the track, mm-hmm. you know. And my car, it's 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 simple. It's fluorescent red orange and white and black. And it's probably one of the most brightest cars on the track, but there's no colors or graphics or striping going anywhere near any of the lettering. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a simple, simple design, you know, use of a couple colors. We do monochromatic we print black on fluorescent red orange for uh, all the contingency sponsors or, or subpar sponsors and stuff like that right. try to make it make it bright easy to read and and like i said people re- people remember you know if it's if it's just another car it's just another car right but if it's something different they're going to remember it. just like anybody that's seen trey's cars for all those yep. years they knew exactly who it was when he pulled out on the track yeah, that was a handful. Like when you guys all talk about using a lot of material, yeah, like it would it would almost drive us crazy because it was like you you you'd have to go sit in a dark room because you used every single fluorescent color we had. But yeah, yeah. you know it won multiple awards here in the Midwest oh, as yeah. far as best looking because it was a one of a kind. Uh, because Tris, it was the it was the first one that came along like that. Yeah, but you know I I can't take all the credit for that because Matt Grop the owner of that car, he's the one who pushed me to, to go to that limit. Cause I had never really wanted to use that many colors and, <laughs> yeah. you know, and stuff like that. But, but in the, in the end, it gave me what I wanted with that design. So Tristan, would you say, what would you, what would be general advice you would give to a race car driver if he came to you like on a design? Yes. Yeah. Like wh- what you said, be original. Um, that and like everything legible, uh, number easy to read. And stuff. Sometimes, you know, uh, especially on like micros and sprint cars, their numbers can, uh, you know, get tied in with the design, hard to read. But, um, yeah, and you know, I'll have people come with me, come to me with a picture of a car that they want, and I might use that as like inspiration, maybe maybe? a base, yeah, inspiration, a baseline, and maybe go off of that and add and make it original myself. Oh, um, yeah. I don't like to, to copy stuff, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I hate that. Know. Cause it's like, you can't really take but, credit for it. You're like, ah, that's yeah. someone's car. That's all it is. Yeah. And like how you're when, saying when with, you, with when Matt you, when Groff, somebody sends you graphics for the most time, do you find that they fit pretty well or they're, they're laid out pretty with the installer in mind or no, no, <laughs> <laughs> but like, like with uh Tr- Trey Grop's car, Mm-hmm. And Matt, you know, he's, I, I remember him and he was always pushing you, Yep. like pushing you to the next level, you know, just want something original and different. And, well, you can probably remember all those nights where I would, it was late at night, about 11 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night. And I was still adding stuff to the car just, oh, yeah. to, just to give it something more, 
And it yep. was never anything about seeing it in the stands. It was when you were up close to that car, you saw the detail I put into it. And yeah. we all probably have certain clients that have pushed us to be better, to yep. not just yep. settle for where we're at. Right. But Brandon, how, what advice would you give as far as uh, designing wise? Uh, I don't know. Just like everybody's kind of been hitting on just thinking outside the box. I mean, for me, like I always treat every car, like I want it to be something different. I want it to stand out. I mean, some customers, like you said, let me do whatever I want. I might, they might send me pictures or they have absolutely no idea what they're looking for, which is sometimes weird. The customer that absolutely has no idea what they want is the pickiest. Right. Um, but you know, like for me, I like stuff that, you know, like, and it kind of got away because everybody, it's so easy to change colors year to year. Um, you know, an original color. Like if I see Kreitz's car, I know that baby blue, um, is going to be there. Like, just like with my brother's 51 car, um, the 51 number, like my grandfather raced, my dad raced with that number. And now my brother races with that number. And that number is so much more than just a regular font that you found on the internet. You know what I mean? Like it started from a, modified or whatever you want to call it a jalopy car from grandview speedway near me to being on a 410 sprint car with what my dad went into racing for 30 years but you know some like i said everybody's different with what they got i love you know dealing with new customers and seeing if they let me think outside the box um you know the corporate level stuff i don't think you really can unless you know maybe it's something off you've got to stay within the guidelines but my stuff's different most of the time with the cars i'm dealing with it's more small mom and pop shops and you know they say hey you can do whatever the hell you want and i'll pay for it which hey by all means you know that makes it way easier i love you yeah yeah (laughs) exactly okay you always hear that make it look good yes yeah exactly make it look good (laughs) So Isaiah, how would you answer the question as far as, you know, when you had, you know, when you're, you've actually helped to kind of design some cars as far as with me, I know you have, as far as with like your dad and your uncle and stuff. So, you know, like, and that's what's crazy. So like as a kid, you know, I, my dad used to do these coloring sheet contests and, and that's what kind of, I mean, and it was always a deal where it's like, you know, like you guys said earlier, it's like, you know, whether it was the late nineties or early two thousands, the, the checker pattern was popular, the flames and, and now it's, you know, the more angled straight line and point lines. And so, but it, like you guys all touched on it, what really boils down to is how can you make a car look cool, but still legible. And, and like, like you touched on Josh is like during the day or the night. I mean, um, I think you guys made a, you touched on this a couple of podcasts a while back, but it's like that, black number six car from the nationals. Oh yeah. You know, he they had he to could, add white to it. Yeah. They were, they had to put duct tape. Duct tape. In the number yeah. six. I mean, yeah, the car looked cool during the day, mm-hmm. but at night and obviously, you know, Knoxville's still really well lit, but you couldn't see it. And there was a couple other cars that I've seen that, you know, it looks good during the day, but at night you couldn't read the number. And, I always think of like my grandpa always used to say like he had a hard time seeing the two car when it was black because it blended in. And then they switched to the yellow, switched to the yellow top wing and, you know, it was legible, but like Brandon, you were saying like also brand identity, you know, your family has such a big history that like, even with the, the 69 K car, like 
you see that baby blue, you know whose car that is. Yep. And, you know, for my day job working at track house, it's, you, we've kind of got a, gone away from that because you don't have a full-time primary sponsor. So it's not like the old days where you, you know, you have the gear, the gear wrench or the good wrench number three and, or the Budweiser number eight. And it's, so it's, if you can almost keep it simple, but still have that cool effect where if you still want to throw some fluorescence or added extra stripes here and there that make it pop. But, you know, I, I try to, keep when i kind of do have free range to kind of do some stuff with what if it's putting a stripe on a tank or whatever it's just how can i make it look simple easy to install but then obviously the customer's happy with it too and stan what would you say about this topic would you say the same thing as far as uh, general advice for a customer coming to you to design the race car oh, definitely and, and when he was talking about the car in knoxville last year it made me think Everybody that wants chrome numbers. Well, chrome numbers look great during the day because they're reflecting the sunlight. Mm -hmm. But when it gets dark outside, they're reflecting the darkness. So if it's on a dark car and you don't have a contrasting outline around it, it it's going to be lost, you know. Oh, but, yeah. uh, I, you know, I, I guess I guess we've all gotten this far by, by doing some things right and some things wrong. And things probably aren't going to change anytime soon. No. And, and to go back to your guys' point with the chrome colors and whatnot, it's the same issue. You got the people that want reflective. Well, during the daytime, it's not reflecting. And the only time you're going to see it is at dusk and at night. And it literally has to be under the lights. And so and it's the always... photographers hate it. Photographers do hate it. So Brandon would definitely yeah. laugh when he hears this part because he's like, I hate reflective. As he'll yeah. say, you just, you just change the settings or something like that to it. Yeah. And it'll make it look better. Uh, but we are going to hit a break. And then after the break, we'll do some final... And welcome to the Amazing Pizza Machine, Omaha's award-winning play and buffet experience. With over 60,000 square feet of indoor food and fun. First, feast your eyes on this. Our amazing buffet is packed full of delicious choices and is super convenient for families, groups, and folks of all ages. Yes, pizza is our middle name, but our unlimited buffet has so much more. And for the 21 and older club, we serve beer and wine available by the glass. Our amazing arcade is one of the largest in the Midwest and is something for all ages. With over 170 of the latest and greatest video and arcade games, as well as rides and attractions. Voted Omaha's best family entertainment center and best place for birthday parties, the amazing pizza machine is the perfect destination for any celebration. And we hope to see you soon. Join Stars photographer B.A. and Off-Ice official Gene Cotter for Thunderstruck, the unofficial Lincoln Stars podcast. We talk with your favorite Lincoln Stars players, coaches, and alumni. Oh, it was a great night, yeah. Beat, beat them in their own rink just before the buzzer. It was something special for sure. I don't, I don't want to call it a surprise because I knew that there was uh, a great, rich history for hockey here in Lincoln, but uh, I, was, I was really happy to see the fans come back in droves and, and be such a great supporter for us. I might have to throw my roommate on the bus. Uh-oh. I think Sato doesn't have the best tape jobs. He actually just spray-painted all his sticks white um, on the bottom of them. I think uh, he's copying some, some NHL or he's looking up to, but I don't know. I think it's dusty. I think a lot of guys think it's sick, though. <laughs> <laughs> to let him in penalty minutes, back before they handed out those little 10-minute wussy misconducts on everything, with 265, <laughs> Thunderstruck the podcast all season long right here on the Anchor app 
or wherever you find your favorite podcast. This is the Dump and Chase podcast. We're trying to model ourselves after what you guys have done a little bit. Voice of the Phantoms and friend of the show, Mr. Matt Lipsack. I am along for the ride and perhaps provide some modicum of adult supervision here. Although, really, that's a lost cause at this point. We welcome back Phantoms president, Andrew Goldman. It went smoother than it did with Matt. I want that added. I want that added. What are you shaking your head now for? I'm agreeing with you because oh. he has absolutely killed us this year. Well, so far, finger guns has meant Sam shut up. So. Yeah, that's that's not helping. I'm trying to process. Okay. Check out the Dump and Chase podcast every Wednesday on Western Reserve Radio, YouTube, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Listen, that like was frightening. <laughs> Yeah, we're definitely going to have to find some new music. Welcome back to the podcast. <laughs> uh, I'd like to thank you guys for joining us this week uh, for this special episode. Um, I kind of want to do some final remarks. Um, you know, if you guys have anything you'd like to say or anything you got going on coming up this season, uh, let's start with uh, Isaiah. You got anything as far as you'd like to find finish up with? Uh, well, I just appreciate the opportunity, Josh. Um been kind of catching up. I started listening to the podcast, you know, a few years ago when you guys first started and uh, really love what you guys have been doing. But I mean, really for me, it's just, I've been really blessed from being surrounded by a lot of good people in Nebraska. Um, whether it was my family, you know, you guys at Harris decals to, you know, it, I would have never thought, when I moved to North Carolina, that this would be what I'm doing in 10 years in the making. And, um, one thing that I do want to kind of say is, uh, with it being my kind of 10 year anniversary, uh, with the, the team Jack foundation being a big part of, um, the Mark Birch and my uncle and the things that they do over there. Uh, I decided to, to do something nice and do something good because obviously trying to raise awareness for pediatric brain cancer. Um, 10% of all the earnings I make from installing race cars is I'm going to give back and, and donate to the team Jack foundation this year. That's awesome. I mean, that's great. You couldn't, you couldn't do anything better than that. That's for sure. It's just been really good. I mean, to, to work with guys like Casey Larson, Bill Swindell, Bo Bowman. I mean, I would have never thought, and these, these guys are all great guys. Um, all down to earth, approachable. And um, it's been fortunate that the last, you know, five years that I've been able to work with, with most of them. Yeah. So Isaiah, I, I'm th- thanks. Thanks again for coming on the show. Um, you know, I, I've known you since you were little, like I said before, and I hate to keep saying that, but you know, I've, I've seen your arc as far as in racing and what you've done. You know, the one thing I will give you credit for is you're fearless to do this stuff because you know, us, the rest of us, we kind of, you kind of grow into it and you design it and you can make it your own when you're just, when you're doing the installing side of it, that's harder than people think. And to take it on the way you have, and you know, basically you just had the knowledge of doing it yourself. You were self-taught how to do this and you know, you, you made it a living and not really a a living, but you've, you've understood how to make it a business. And I, I salute you for that. And then the team Jack thing, that's even better. I mean, 
I'm I'm good friends with Mark Birch and I'm good friends with with your dad and stuff like that. And those guys do a great job. And I, I can tell that your family has kind of instilled into you about, you know, giving back and you know, that always is a good thing. So I like to say, thanks for coming on. Uh, and then let's go and switch it to Brandon. You know, I, I want to thank you for coming on because you're somebody I've been watching probably for the last couple of years. It, thanks to Facebook and all that fun stuff. You get to see other designers. Um, you know, is there anything you want to kind of finish up with? Uh, no, I'm just like I said, I'm glad that I was able to come on here and stuff. It's interesting to see, you know, a little different perspective from, you know, guys that are own their own wrap shops, do their own install work and everything. And obviously, like Stan, he's been around longer than me um, when it comes to the industry. Um, you know, it's interesting to see how quick things change, um, what people are doing to try to be different, um, the way things are going. Um, you know, for me, I'm excited to see all the new stuff that I'll be able to create towards, you know, the next couple months here when I'm crazy lettering race cars. But, uh, you know, like I said, it's just, I'm glad to be on here. Glad to be able to talk to you guys and, uh, you know, keep things going. And thanks again for coming on. I mean, it's, it's awesome to have you on the show. I mean, you're one of the guys that, like I said, you you do some pretty awesome stuff. I mean, people follow you on Facebook, Instagram or whatever. It's, you'll, you'll get a kick out of just some of the crazy stuff and just that sharpness of the designs are, uh, Tristan, is there any final things you want to kind of talk about? Yeah, just, uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, I don't know, like, uh, you know, you and I used to work together and, uh, you and your brother, you know, uh, I think you've set the foundation for me, um, and really helped me out. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I still do a lot of the same stuff that I used to do with you guys. It just taught me a lot. And, um, you know, just nice to come on. I think you're doing a, you guys are doing a good job with the podcast and this designer's round table is pretty cool. Yeah. And then pretty cool to be a part of. A, lot of, a lot of you guys don't know is, so when we hired Tristan at my work, he came from Kansas, from Gar- Garden City, Kansas. I don't think you were living there at the time, but. No, I was, I was in Kansas City, but. It shocked me and Nate were like, this guy wants to work for us and he lives in Kansas. Like, is he going to you know drive back and forth or what? And, you know, bringing you into to the shop I mean, you were very wanting to learn. And, and in this, this industry, you have to be willing to learn how to start and build what you've kind of learned throughout the years. Um, yeah. so it's been really cool to see your growth from when I really, you didn't really leave us. You kind of, you moved on, you, you got married, moved to Iowa. Um, but it's been really neat to see kind of where you've where you've started to where you are now, and you definitely I feel like you're one you're one of the more up and coming designers as far as when it in this whole industry. Um, but yeah, but thanks again for coming on the show, Stan. Yep, Stan's the man. I mean, he's he's seen it all. I mean, we can say we've seen some stuff. When he's talking about painting, he is not lying. So, is there anything you want to want to end with there, Stan? Well, since we can digitally print and blend colors now, I, I haven't used the airbrush in years, so that's that's probably a good thing. Keeping clothes but, clean. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I st- they're still in the drawer. Still, still got some brushes and stuff around here someplace. But uh, you know, my deal. The, the the biggest part of our deal, our our years were really big. Probably from the mid '80s to the mid '90s to to 2000. You know, and we were before there were as many people on board and everything like that. And we did, we did an awful lot of cars and, and awful lot of different styles of things. And it's kind of changing a little bit after 35 years plus years, winding down just a little bit. And, uh, but I still enjoy 
one, one of my most favorite things is sitting down at the computer and just designing and layout and, and, and doing that and and feel like that's still still kind of what I really look forward to. You can you can bust stuff in day out day out commercial work and all that, but uh, but it's kind of nice when you can sit down. You know, you got to come up with a couple of fresh ideas for this year's car and that. You know, you got to sell those T-shirts, make it look different this year. Oh yeah, but no, Stan. So, Stan, you're definitely one of the guys. You know, coming up when 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 I started in this industry is I was a I hate to say this I was kind of a cocky kid and I I used to think. I'm, I'm way better than everybody else, you know, blah, blah, blah. As I've gotten older, you know, I don't look at it as it's me versus them or versus somebody. It's, I look at you guys as my colleagues because to me, exactly. we all, we all think alike. We all, from what Stan said and what Brandon said, what Tristan said, it's, this is, this is fun for us. Designing race cars is fun. Not everybody gets to do it. Not everybody even gets to the chance to even try it. So, you know, to me, you guys, I look up to each and every one of you as far as inspiration. Uh, Isaiah, I look up to as far as when I see stuff he raps that I'm like, that's insane that I, could, I couldn't do that. Uh, you know, to Brandon and Tristan, you know, you guys are definitely honing in on your skills. And it's, it's awesome to see that. Um, you know, Brandon, I, I look at your Facebook page. When you, when you post stuff out, it's like, that's nuts. Like, you know, it just makes me want to step up, be a little bit better, you know, not, not better as in, you know, better, but more of like, I got to step my game up to compete with these guys. Um, Stan, you know, back in the day, it was, I've always felt like it was us versus Stan and it was never really that way. You know, as far yep. as I, to me, as I've gotten older, like hey, I, yeah, you worry, you worry about your own self yeah. and you know, you're going to do your cars. I'm going to do my cars and, and, uh, your cars have always looked good. And I think most of our cars look good throughout the years as the styles changed and stuff like that. And, uh, that's why we're probably still around today. You know, we all said the same thing. I'm sure we're all at 10, 11 o'clock at night during what I call busy season. You're sitting at, sitting at a computer lights are off in the shop and you're just designing and you're just honing your skills. Not like you're building a race car, but, you're making that race car look fast. Um, I'd so, be over oh, over at Joe Kaziski's house at eleven thirty the night before the first Bush race at West Liberty. Oh yeah, <laughs> no. see that's what I mean. But there's there's that thing in the racing community. We're all one big family, and it and it's like Billy Alley said in one of our podcasts. It's a crazy family, but you know that we'll do everything for each other. So, but thanks again, everybody, you guys for coming on the show. Thanks for listening to the podcast and we will check you on Wednesday uh, next week. We got a special guest lined up, but Jade Abadizian. Uh, so yeah, thanks again, guys for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs>